Welcome to the Two Wealth Show, a show that shares how you can create real wealth for you and your family. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Bogard, and my co-host is Elizabeth Sickles, aka Super E. I am a real estate note investor specializing in performing residential real estate debt. I find the deals, acquire them for my own portfolio, as well as educate investors while walking them through the process of owning a real estate note. My co-host, Super E, a real estate investor, specializing in short-term rentals and the management of them. She connects investors with short-term tenants and manages everything in between. Our show is sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. You can find out more information by visiting our websites at brightpathnotes.com and elizabethmayora.com. All right, everybody. I am Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora, and we are so happy to be doing episode number 22 of the Two, two Wealth. And two, two. It's hard to do it with the cameras backwards. There we go. Two and two. 22. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin Bogart with Bright Path Notes, and I am so excited today to have our guest, Miss Zarina Harris. I'll be happy. <laughs> Hey, Serena. <laughs> right on. Serena, thank you so much for being on today's yes, episode. We be fun. So, so appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I've known Zena, Serena for a few years. She's actually one of my mentors in the note business, believe it or not, Elizabeth. Wow. She's the reason why something. I'm so <laughs> successful in my own mind. Right? <laughs> so, well, Liz, I, yeah. So, Serena, um, you used to live near me. Now you moved way further away. You way, moved... for, way far south. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't know about this, Elizabeth. I was talking <laughs> to Zarina the other day. I was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Something about Ohio. She's like, Ohio? Dude, I've been down in Florida for a while. And I'm just like, what? She's smart. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's 73 degrees outside right now. So. Oh. Yeah. It's, this is not going to be a fun conversation now. Sure it will. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I don't know. <laughs> We're in Florida. Are you? I'm in Orlando. Okay. Yep. Okay. Excellent. I love your governor, by the way. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to talk politics a little bit politics. later. Right. <laughs> he's a DeSantis. Uh, he's a special kind of stupid. But. <laughs> so, uh, Zarina, you have a podcast. It's called the Note, Inc. Podcast. I believe you've completed two seasons on it, and you're working on a third season, right? I am. Yeah. So noting is uh, this idea that you have and you're just like, oh, let's just see what happens. Right. And it kind of caught on and got this really cool following. It's a fictional spy themed note investing podcasts, one of a kind. And I started it just because uh, a company I was working at previously, the only people who knew me were the people who, you know, joined that training program. And so there were you know, thousands of other people in the note industry who's like, who's Zarina? Who's Zarina? They still say that now, but like when I tell them about the podcast, they're like, oh. Um, so I started lady. the podcast really just to kind of uh, say, hey, I'm here and I have, you know, something to offer. And a friend of mine was like, hey, you know, just put the podcast out there. And if it doesn't do well, at least, you know, you tried. And in my brain, that was like, oh, do whatever the heck you want. And so um, I made it to where like there's some fictional characters who come in and I'm a spy who's learning to become a note investor. Um, 
and, you know, I get sent missions and things like that. It's really fun, educational stuff. Um, and it, it really caught on. And so I do seasons cause I wasn't, you know, planning on doing it forever. And so season three is, uh, going to be interesting. It's like one of my most exciting seasons, I think to write, and, uh, it'll be coming out soon. So it should be fun. So people can check that out on all the traditional podcast directories, I assume. Um, I don't think I'm on all of them. I'm on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and uh, Stitcher. So I'm only on four. Okay. Um, but those are like the major ones. Um, and then you can just check it out at the website, noteinc.com. That's N-O-T-E-I-N-C.com, right? Correct. Fantastic. Yeah, we've, we've got we to gotta step up our game, Elizabeth, with, with Zarina's <laughs> podcast. Her, this, it's so – I'm so – like proud of you for what you've done and you don't ask for anything for it. It's, it's very professionally done. Like if you listen to everything, if you've done a podcast before, those of you that are listening right now or watching, you understand what it takes to, to do a podcast and set things up. But when Zarina takes everything to the next level, like she's writing a script, she has voiceovers. She has probably has actors on, on call for this stuff. Yeah, she does. And she, and she all, it all ties in together with also, also educating you, like she said, with a note theme. It's really cool. It's really well done, Zarina. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. Um, what ended up happening with that, which is really cool, was uh, it opened up a lot of doors. So we're going to talk about politics today. Part of, part of you know, what kind of went into the podcast was some of my experience when I uh, – so I'm a member of the Seller Finance Coalition – which sent me to Capitol Hill to kind of lobby because many of you guys know politicians write laws they don't understand and it affects <laughs> us in our industry. Right. And so like a lot of landlords right now understand like rent controls are coming down. Right. Especially people. What is it? Washington state or Oregon? What, which one of those? It's Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. Or, I'm sorry. It's, um, Washington state. State. Actually, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oregon's probably not far behind anyway, exactly. but like, you know, the, the landlords are, are really feeling it with, with this rent control, uh, that's coming down. They actually anticipate maybe four or five more states are going to be uh, putting that into play. And it's kind of like, have you asked the landlords, you know, how this would affect them or, or why the rental environment is the way that it is? Uh, no, we're just going to write a lot. You know, it's kind of like, all right. And just like they're making landlords right now, uh, kind of bear the brunt of this pandemic, right? So like you guys hold off collecting rent, well, we're not going to pay you anything, but just you hold off on it. And so it's like landlords are sort of forced to be the undergirding of what government should really be doing. Um, and so being part of the note industry, they wrote a lot of laws called Dodd-Frank and that kind of like trickled down into what became the CFPB. And they put a whole bunch of stipulations on our industry, especially down here in the seller finance world or the, the small note investor world that don't make a lot of sense. And they don't really um, benefit our industry in any way. Um, but they just thought it was a good idea. And so that's kind of how I eventually had to get involved uh, on the political side of things because um, I got tired of complaining. And that's usually what we do is kind of like they write a law. We gripe about it and complain and like try to figure it out. And it's like, no, I don't want them writing those laws in the first place. So. And how long have you been involved in the political scene? I think I lobbied in 2017. So what's that, okay. three years? Okay. Yeah. So it was interesting because I went there thinking like, yeah, these people are the decision makers. They actually don't. They follow the crowd. Like there's only a few Congress people who you get to say yes. And then they bring like 15 people with them. The other, if you talk to all 14, they'll be like, what did so-and-so say? What did so-and-so say? And you're like, 
aren't you a decision maker? No, if, if so-and-so is not on the bill, we won't get on it. And so like, that's really how it works. Um, they're very clicky. I was, I was surprised. I was like, you asked people to vote you in for you not to make decisions. It's <laughs> so, um, went there and learned a lot about politicians and bills and all this other stuff that really affect us. And literally I'm talking to people who have, have been involved in writing like some of the CFPB laws and bills and stuff that affect us. Right. And then you ask them like, what's seller finance? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> they really don't know. Because wow. they're 20-year-olds, and you have 20-year-olds writing these bills. They rent. They don't know anything about home ownership or whatever. Yep. And yet, these are the people writing the bills. So it's kind of like, do you understand how backwards this really is? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, would, I guess, I guess it would be interesting to see with my own eyes how it works. I mean, I, I know you've mentioned that, and some other people that have been on Capitol Hill for us on the Seller Finance Coalition have mentioned that as well. It's just like, wow. I, yeah. It's I'm amazing. Founded. I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is really you want me to vote for you again? Really? Right. <laughs> and no. you, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned an acronym CFPD. Is that right? Uh, yeah. It's the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. It's, uh, it's sort of an entity that was created from a law called the Dodd-Frank uh, Wall Street Reform Act. Mm -hmm. And that was instead of sending people to jail for fraud, they decided to create a law that says, well, you shouldn't do that again. And, um, out of that came this this new bureau called uh, Consumer Finance Protection CFPB, and uh, they're in charge of all financial everything. So anything that has a loan on it, from student loans to mortgages to car loans, they pretty much oversee and try to make sure that um, predatory lending isn't going on. And so you had a lot of lobbyists, for instance, who were in the uh, like payday loan industry. Mm. who they were cracking down on because as you know payday loans are like 500 percent, right and yeah. uh like, yeah we can't have this least so you had a lot of lobbyists come in and say no like we're really doing good and, and right. whatever so it's really amazing how you know how all this stuff works interesting yeah <laughs> exactly so zarina you kind of have with with what you're doing today and what you've been doing you've also kind of fell into some different type of politics as well. Um, well, not different, but I'd say just a slight. Like adjacent. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like, like an adjacent street. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's um, so in, in sort of learning about, uh, you know, politics and how it affects the note industry and stuff like that, I kind of fell into learning a little bit more about like opportunity zones mm -hmm. and how that was going to affect everyday people. And so you just like one thing leads to another. And what ended up happening was there was a online show uh, on YouTube. That's a political show. And I called in and I was like, Hey guys, I was like, if you live, you know, in one of these opportunity zones, here's what you really need to know about it. Um, and the truth of the matter is the people who live in these areas are not going to be positively affected by it. It's only, it's really one-sided to the investors, which you're like, Zarina, you're an investor. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a human being too. So, you know, like, you have to kind of think on both levels. So for an investor to come in and have like, you know, free capital gains, right. For investing in this, in this area, of course, they're going to dump a bunch of money there, but how it affects the people who live there. Now their rent goes up. It might triple. Right. Um, or they get shoved out. And so they kind of receive like almost the like gentrification of sorts. Right. And they're shoved out of these areas only because a law was written that says, yeah, if you put your money here, we'll, we'll give you like a, a tax break. Right. And 
of course, money wants a return. And in order to do that, you, you end up pricing the people who live there locally out. And so I uh, actually wrote a bill. Believe it or not, I don't know if you knew this, Justin, but I wrote I a bill. Uh, it's called the, I forget, <laughs> it's HR 4999 <laughs> of the 116th Congress. It's called ah, the Opportunity Zone Fairness and Inclusion Act. And basically, it just says, like, you have to get the local um, the local people involved uh, in it some way. So, like, the local municipality kind of has to approve certain projects. Um, you can't just go there and, like, build a parking lot over somebody's neighborhood or something, right? right? Um, so, it's, it's getting reintroduced by Hank Johnson out of Georgia. He won his race. I'm not in Georgia, but I wanted him to win so he could re-sponsor my bill. But go. that's just sort of a way um, – and. It was really cool because, like, I met the person who helped me write the bill when I was lobbying. So a lot of this stuff is relationship. And he was like, I called him one day because I was like, I was really concerned. I was like, what are these Opportunity Zones going to do for these poor people who live in these areas? And investors just come dumping in money. I was like, where are they going to go? Like, this is this is the cheap area. And uh, he was like, yeah, Zarina, you should just write a bill. And I was like, I don't know the first thing. About are you serious? I'm a note investor. Like, I'm just, I'm calling you to ask you a question. Right. And uh, he was like, no, I can get it done. And he just, he <clears throat> literally just got it done. He called me one day. He was like, hey, your bill is in Congress. I was like, what? It was, it was nuts. He's like, he's awesome. He's great. He's, um, his name is Keevan. Spelt like Kevin though. Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, but uh, he's really, he's really magnificent. And he really is about the people and, and trying to help. So he actually was one of the people I was lobbying with for seller financing, trying to get, you know, get these Congress people to kind of let seller financing have a little bit more breathing room. Um, and especially now, you know, three years later after having done that, it's it's so needed because banks are not, you guys know, like banks aren't financing $50,000 mortgages anymore. Like that's just, that's over with. They don't care if you have an 800 credit score, it's just not enough money for them. Yep. And so seller financing is really the only thing that's going to open up that space. Um so yeah, you just like you start on one lane and you kind of get shoved over here, and you're a sponsor of a, or, you know, you write a bill. My mom was proud. <laughs> like, mom got a bill. What are those? You know, like bill? That better be bill. paying that bill, girl. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> I'm just a bill. Yeah. On capital. Hill. I was like, oh, conjunction junction really does work. <laughs> That's pretty cool, Serena. Program the kids. <laughs> That's like so. better than a Nobel Peace Prize. Like you wrote a bill. Yeah, I mean, like if it passes, it'd be even greater. But uh, we'll see. Got it. We got to get there and get some people to sign on to it. But so what's what's that process like? So you wrote a bill. Your uh, representative turned it in. To get to somebody to sponsor it. Um, so my sponsor is Hank Johnson. He's out of Georgia. He's a Democrat. And um, you have to literally like go and explain it to all these other uh, Congress people mm -hmm. so that they understand it and they say yes or no. Gotcha. Now, most of the time they're going to say no because they don't understand it. And like so-and-so is not on the bill yet. And so you have to kind of go to the key, the key people and say like, hey, would you sign on to this? And then you can go back to the other person who said no and say, oh, so-and-so is on this bill. Oh, OK. And then they'll jump on it. And so what you really need in order to get your, pill, your bill up to the next level is you need 218 votes in Congress. And then once it gets to the Senate. You need the majority. So there's 100 senators. You need the majority in order to get it up to the president. And then he signs it into law. So it's a whole process, a very slow process at that. But it was kind of designed that way. So we're not creating a bunch of laws in the country that don't right. necessarily benefit us. 
So it's slow on purpose. That's how they built okay. it. Yeah. So it takes time. It goes through the House, and then from the House, it goes to the Senate, and the Senate to the right. President's desk. So you have to pass kind of. You have to play yeah. three games, really. You have to win all Most three. Most of games. the money is in the in the uh, lobbying, though, because you have to get it around to so many different people. Yeah, so, yeah. I can imagine spreading the word about that just by yeah. by yourself is hard enough alone. Let alone having no. probably twenty or twenty five people helping you promote it. So, exactly. Yeah, <clears throat> the best way actually is to have like a grassroots effort to literally just go knock on their offices because they're never, they're never in DC. They're always home. Yeah. So you go knock on their office door and be like, Hey, I'm one of your constituents. I live literally up the street. So you better say yes. You know, like, <laughs> like show them the bill and stuff like that. That's actually the best way to do it. But like, then you have to think about, well, who do I know in Alaska who can go knock right. on, you know? So <clears throat> it's a, it's a huge effort, but it's, it's kind of fun too. When you think about how involved regular people and especially like I never ever got I, I skipped my politics class in high school okay like just full disclosure i don't care about politics right <laughs> but i do care i do care about my industry you know and i care yeah. about people and you know when you do a lot of seller financing as justin as you know these are regular people yep. um who just want to own a home and they want to get out of renting and stuff like that so you kind of see like the heart of the matter is like these people want to build something that they can pass on to their kids they're just regular people and you have an industry that's systematically locking them out, right? Because they're not writing small mortgages. The starter home is over, right. you know, like a starter home now is like a $200,000 mortgage. It's like, right. that's not a starter for anybody right. coming into college with $50,000. <clears> that's just ridiculous. It's not affordable. No, absolutely not. And then nobody really told these kids like, Hey, guess what? That student loan is going to mean you're going to be a renter for the next 40 years, you know, because yeah. your debt to income is so <clears> crazy that they won't give you a loan. Yep. And so, um, you know, I see, <clears throat> I see kind of the possibilities with seller financing, but you have to kind of start at the top and get involved with your local people too. Um, but also like in my case, you have to kind of go to the top and go to Congress and say, Hey, we need some changes here. So. That's really cool. Zarina Harris, the difference maker. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Doing it right. We appreciate all your efforts for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you see yourself moving more into the political side or is the note side still, are you having two um, passions now? No, I don't see myself moving into the political side unless okay. I have to do something with notes. Um, I'm a note investor. You know, that's what I do. That's what I like. That's what I love. But you can't honestly do business in this country without looking at how laws and how things are going to affect your industry, especially when you're moving into sort of a political environment that doesn't favor business. Let's just put it that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so as much as I need to be involved in politics, I will be, but I'm a note investor. Like this is what I love to do. So uh, I just kind of, I approach it at a different angle than, than some people, but it does give you a lot of social capital and a lot of connections, which is really cool. So, you know, for me, it's fun. I think once you get in, it's kind of like working at um, your favorite restaurant or your favorite company. Once you get a job there, you don't like it anymore, you know? So I think in, in I think it'll be that way for me in politics. I'm just going to stay a note investor who can dabble. I'm just <clears> dabble. <throat> but, uh, but no, but getting involved in politics, no, no, uh-uh. <laughs> no. Right on. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I like having you in the note industry okay. full time. And I got a podcast to run, you know, like I got a whole season. <laughs> you, got, you got people that are, that are waiting for the season three to finish. Oh. Oh my gosh, you won't believe like how many emails and stuff I get. They're yeah. like, hey, and I'm like, it's coming. Like, 
I got to think of it. Like <laughs> you, These things don't come easy, you know? I need my creative juices there's, to just there's like. There's genius ah. behind this. Okay, yeah. guys, there's genius behind this. Yeah. I do have one of the reasons I'm excited about season three is because it's sort of like, a, I don't know, I, I've, I've done like maybe two episodes this whole 2020. <clears throat> and so people are like, okay, is she really coming back? And so it's kind of be like, oh, she is back. And then on top of that, there's some surprises uh, in season three. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's it's the podcast at this point is sort of a thank you to everyone who's who's enjoyed it and shared it. I've never once like marketed the podcast except for like if people ask me questions about it, but it, it just grew like gangbusters. And I was like, okay, well that's cool. And they're like, when's the next episode? You did one like two years ago. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so now I get to like give them a date. Like, yeah, season three is coming on December such and such or whatever. No, no spoilers, but it's coming. So it's really fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you. I'm very excited. I'm excited. So if I'm excited, you should. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just a way to, um, like what you guys are doing, it's just bringing in, sometimes you need to hear a different perspective. Yeah. Right, of, of what it is that you're doing, just a different angle. Maybe somebody thinks of things differently. And I like to top myself as a note nerd. So I kind of think. <laughs> You know, note nerd here. She is. I think it's a little bit differently. <laughs> and um, sometimes that's just what you need. You know, you just need an outside perspective. So I, I appreciate you guys' podcast kind of making aware that there is, you guys kind of represent sort of a merging, right, of real estate and notes and like how those things can work together and, and what they have in common and what they don't and what are, yeah. what are those differences. So I'm glad to be a guest. We're glad to have you. Thank you very much. That's exactly why we got together to do a podcast because we're always Elizabeth and I used to meet uh, like once a month just to catch up and be like, "How are things going over there? What are you doing? What's good? What's bad? Oh, that's so funny. You wouldn't believe what happened to me with this borrower or this this tenant." And wow, they're just like people need to be a fly on the wall for this. This is, just <laughs> and then just kind not of for everything. Not yeah. when y'all are drinking, but fly on the wall. Every <laughs> <time>. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. right, but um. Zarina, so um, you have some Jamaican heritage in you, is that right? It's a little fun fact. Yeah, little little sidebar. My uh, my mother was born in England, but she's uh, my mother's half Jamaican, half Irish, and oh. my father it was born in Jamaica, and they both. Uh, so my mom moved to Jamaica when she was eight, and then she went from Jamaica to New York when she was fourteen, and that's where she met. My father, when she was about 17 or 18, they were all kind of like in a little click together. And I guess that's how cliques work is like they end up marrying each other or whatever. <laughs> so my mom got with my dad <laughs> um, and uh, dad joined the army and got stationed in nowhere, Arizona. No so I was born in Arizona. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I am Jamaican on both sides. So that's pretty, interesting. I've only so, been to the island once, though. I'm, I'm pretty American. So your, your dad's <laughs> full Jamaican? Yep. I say full Jamaican, I don't know, 100% Jamaican. And then yep. your mom is half Jamaican, half Irish? Correct, yep. Wow, that's Ooh. interesting. I wouldn't want to make her mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like they say like, uh, so Jamaicans have rum and the Irish have Guinness. Mm -hmm. you know, so I should be a drunk. I don't drink at all. <laughs> that's awesome. Good for you. Whatsoever. So it's like, I'm ashamed to the family. <laughs> <laughs> You're the, uh, the outcast here. Yeah, yeah. It happens, though. Like, the the Irish, they, um, because they were kind of like the downcast 
over there in Europe, like they don't believe in slavery and all that stuff. So it's really interesting kind of looking at how these two cultures ended up making my mother. It's really fun. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, di- I didn't know that. I knew we had talked before and you said you had some Jamaican heritage and stuff. I didn't realize that your mom was half Irish, half Jamaican. Yeah, That's interesting. Half Irish, yeah. That's so awesome. yeah, born in England and all that stuff. She lost her accent when she came stateside. So Okay. You won't, you won't, you won't hear it anymore. She lost it. She got made okay. fun of. They were like, you talk weird. She's like, well, I talk weird. <laughs> like, like, all right, I got to get rid of this. <laughs> so, she, <laughs> so she got rid of it. Yeah. So she, she talked with more English accent than Jamaican accent. Is that what you're saying? No, she uses, I would <clears throat> say like some of the vernacular that they use, but she says it in an American accent. So, um, you know, like we'll say, oh, this is really cool or this is really fun or whatever. She'll say, oh, this is really splendid. But like oh. splendid is more like, in, like, in, like a UK, right? Like, oh, this is splendid. This is, we don't say splendid here, but you know. That sounds more, so more, more polite. It does. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. It so. came across as just being really polite. I don't know. It's splendid. I'm like, I like mom. your mom more now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, my family actually <clears throat> came here um, because my great, yeah, this is my great grandfather was involved in construction and he was actually the the developer for the Pegasus Hotel, which is a very famous yeah. uh, hotel in Jamaica. Oh. However, he didn't finish it. So he started, uh, you know, the foundation. He got up to the sixth floor and he actually started getting death threats um, from Chinese investors coming in oh. um, because they wanted the contract. And so what ended up happening was they put like a coffin in his office and he knew like, okay, they're serious. And so he packed up the whole family. And that's why my family's even in America is because like he was fleeing for his life. And so it's kind of funny how, you know, two generations later, like yeah. I'm involved in real estate and politics and all this other weird stuff. Just like, it's just really coincidental. Like really your grandfather was like a, a developer and now you're like a note investor. You know, I don't know. It's just funny. So that's how my family ended up here. Say at least. That's an yeah. awesome story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Some synchronicity there. It's all coming yeah. back. Yep. All looping around. <laughs> exactly. Well, hopefully you don't get the death threats. I don't wish that on anybody. No, not to have none. <clears throat> Just trying to help people. No. <laughs> trying to help people get into houses. Trying to make some loans and help people right. and keep them in, in, in their houses and not get run over by rent. That's all I'm trying to do. Right. Okay. <laughs> that, listen, that's all I'm trying to do. <laughs> 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 oh man well Zarina thank you so much for being on our episode today this is episode number 22 with our special guest and super friend Zarina Harris all right so I'm Justin Bogar with Bright Path Notes and I'm Elizabeth with Elizabeth Mayora and I hope that this will um, persuade some of you if you've not gotten involved politically to Get involved politically, at least meet your new representatives. Um, let them know that you're a real estate investor or housing provider so they know who their constituents are. Absolutely. So thank you for Do your it. story. Do it so I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, see ya. Bye. Thank you. Two Wealth Show is produced by Justin Bogart and Super E, sponsored by Bright Path Notes and Elizabeth Mayora. Thanks for listening and watching for our show. 